welcome everyone to this week's episode of the 25 Live. Uh, this week we got our special guest is Dr. Lori Mormarrell. So she is a recently retired senior executive with the International Association of Firefighters. She was responsible for the frontline interaction of elected officers, executive board members, state and local chapter leaders, and individual members throughout the U.S. and Canada. Lori is considered an expert in emergency response system evaluation, data collection and analysis, cost and benefits analysis, strategic planning, advocacy, consensus building, and policy development and implementation. Dr. Moore Merrill, along with a small group of public safety leaders, recently founded the International Public Safety Data Institute, IPSDI, with a mission to public safety agency can show their response capability and reliability using their own local data. Lori is also the project manager for both the fire cares and enforced data systems. Ms. partnered with the Assistance to Firefighter Grant Program, CFAI Risk, IAFC, the IAFF, Metropolitan Fire Chiefs, NIST, National Associates of State Fire Marshals, the University of Texas at Austin, Urban Institute, USFA, ULFSRI. Well, thank you for being here. That's probably about as much time as we have. You got a lot of stuff going on there, don't you? We do. We do, Jim. Thank you. Oh, that's great. So, in particular, I kind of wanted to touch on uh, Enforce and why why is it so important and why did why was there a need to actually have something like this available to the firefighters so n4 is actually um, stands for national fire operations reporting system and so the background just briefly on n4s um, was that when we did um, the nist high rise and residential reports uh, several years ago. And we are the same team that did those reports. So even though the new International Public Safety Data Institute is new, um, our team um, that forms up the new institute is not new. We've been together for about 15 years. And so we are the team that did those NIST reports. Well, as part of the, the NIST studies, uh, what we learned was that fire department data was really lacking. Um, We have all been entering incident data for a long time, pushing it up to the national level. But at the local level, our insights into our operations and exposures uh, was really, really lacking. So we started building the, the National Fire Operations Reporting System. It is a data capture system. Now, it's important to understand Um, the operations, because I know uh, for your audience, we really want to get to the exposure portion. But it's important to understand operations because that's where we encounter um, the environments in which firefighters are exposed. And so we have to know as much as we can about the incidents, about what was burning, whether it was hazmat, you know, things like that, that can give us great insights into, you know, firefighters who are exposed to carcinogens, those who get cancer, those who don't. So this operational uh, operational data and the environment in which they um, perform their duties, right, really is where the exposures are taking place. So we focus on capturing data from the operations. We focus on the length of time they're exposed in those areas. Uh, we do give insights back to the departments on the operations, looking at the deployment, uh, time of deployments, Um, Their overall geographic uh, response capabilities, 
we look really at availability, capability, and operational performance. Those are really the three things that, that we help fire departments with. But that data, as I said, links then over to the firefighter exposure module. And so Enforce has an exposure module that is actually in the app stores now that uh, works on iOS and Android formats. It's being downloaded for free and uh, they can start tracking their personal exposures. Now, Jim, to tell you a little bit more about that exposure tracker, it is, as I said, free. Um, once they download each firefighter, um, investigator, paramedic, uh, hazmat tech, whatever they are, those who are on the job really need to download this app. When they do so, you're going to complete a personal uh, profile. That profile has some limited questions in it that's going to uh, complete your account in the Enforce Exposure Tracker. And then it is secure. We keep all data in the cloud. Um, we use AWS uh, cloud and we follow all ISO security uh, for encryption of data, both at rest and in transit. And so everybody's information, their own individual information in the Enforce application is going to be secure. No one sees it but them. And as they complete their profile and set up their account, they are going to link themselves to their department. Now, if their department is on the operations piece that I spoke about, where we have a live link to the data, operational data coming from the department. In other words, we've connected with their CAD, their computer-aided dispatch, or we've connected with their records management system for some data feed, then the individual firefighters in that department will have an automatic download or auto load of their incidents. All of their responses will automatically load in their phone. We're gonna give them a special code for that. And then they only have to enter their exposures, um, both in the physical side, and we'll talk more about behavioral health in just a moment, but they enter their physical exposures and the questions in the app really follow NIOSH's uh, questions for data gathering. So NIOSH worked with us to put together uh, these questions and it's all of the relevant questions that we are all talking about, right? Did you decon on scene? Did you use the wet wipes? Did you use soap and water? Uh, how did you get your gear back to the station? Was it bagged? Um, did you clean your neck, your face, your underarms? You know, we really want to focus on as much about education in the app of firefighters by asking them these questions, uh, noting that obviously that's behavior they need to do, as well as tracking the exposures of what was burning. Uh, was it residents and content so that we know we've got, you know, a lot of plastics, we've got a lot of, um, you know, materials, uh, products of combustion going on there that are toxic. And then also things like, you know, was foam used? Because now we're tracking, you know, the PFAS that is showing up in a lot of our foam, our fire suppressant material. And so we want to make sure that we're getting those exposures as well. And so as the firefighters, um, and again, this is for everybody, arson investigators, um, whomever on the department. So it's not just the firefighters. It's important that um, they track their own exposures. Now, this is secure to them so they can download their incident, track their exposure, save it, and it becomes what we call their career diary. And that's what we believe every firefighter should have. You have your own career diary. 
Now, I mentioned that these were secure. That means that the department that you're affiliated with cannot see your data. They can get an aggregate report of everybody in the department and it's de-identified, right? So they, they can look at things for policy purposes like, you know, are you washing your hoods or changing out your hoods? Are you washing your gear? Things like that from a policy perspective because they can see more globally. They would not see an individual's data because we've learned that that would, you know, a lot of times inhibit firefighters from entering their information. And so um, as they enter and they save their own career diary, this diary stays with them for life. Whether they change departments, as they retire, whatever um, their circumstance, it stays with them for life. Now, Jim, why is that important? Well, one of the things that we know and the reason we look at the career diaries is that many of the states, well, in fact, almost all of the states in the U.S., and all the provinces in Canada have presumption laws for cancer. <clears throat> and so each of these laws is different. And the laws established, some of them track uh, or apply to only certain cancers. Some of them cover up to, you know, 10 different cancers. Some of them are a bit more generic and adjust, you know, just the cancers or occupational exposures uh, related to cancer. The thing about presumptions that a lot of people don't understand is that it is presumed. And again, it's got to be a cancer that's covered within your state or province. But if there's a challenge and there can always be a challenge, whether it's from your workers comp, whether it's from your municipality itself, uh, whether you are retired and it's a, a pension system challenge because your health care is now through the pension, whatever it is. If it is challenged in any way, then you must bring evidence of exposure. And this is where a lot of folks don't understand our presumption laws. So the laws are not rock solid. If there's a challenge, then there becomes a burden of proof uh, on the firefighter, the person with cancer, to show evidence of exposure. And that evidence can be different thresholds. You could have say let's call it a 50 percentile which is preponderance of the evidence right or we could have clear and convincing threshold which is more like 95 percent right um, evidence and so we need these career diaries because what if you're two years off the job three years off the job and your cancer shows up now you go back to the department who may or may not have evidence that you ever made a call depending on how they archive their data now you have no evidence of your exposure to any call, any any uh, products of combustion anywhere. And so these career diaries are vital. And that becomes um, you know, part of our what drives us with this exposure tracker and to make sure that the firefighters are downloading and and connecting right with their own data. Now, for those I just talked about departments who are on our Enforce analytics system, I should talk about the fact that. Firefighters can, any firefighter can download this. Your department does not have to be on the Enforce analytics portion. The difference is when you download is that you will have to enter an incident number and an address for the incident. That's the only difference. We are auto-populating if your department is connected. If they are not connected, you can still use the app. You'll just have to enter that information. So I'll stop for a moment, Jim, because I'm sure you have questions. <laughs> I do, but you're answering most of them already. It's uh, it's great. 
Uh, I will say I want to kind of piggyback on, on what you talked about. Uh, you call it career diary. I've always just talked about it as a receipt, as a just in case. We're going to keep this. If there's an issue with it, we'll try <laughs> try to take it back. Um, and and I always also say presumption is not a guarantee. You don't want to bank on it. Ideally, you don't have to. You don't get diagnosed with cancer to begin with, but you certainly don't want to. Um, you know, just think that just because you have presumption, it's going to be a guarantee. Because you can look, and I know you see it as well, all throughout the country, there's all sorts of different states and municipalities that fight this all the time. So you've got to, you know, the the individual is going to be. They have to fight their municipalities. And this whole program basically gives you more ammo to help fight that. Yes. Yes, and that was the intent. Um, as I, as you mentioned, I worked at the IFF for many years, and one of the, you know, most upsetting calls is when we would get a call from a spouse um, or from a firefighter themselves saying, you know, I have cancer, and the department, I'm, I'm two years retired, three years retired, whatever it might be, and I went back to the department, and all they have are old paper logbooks. They don't have any you know, evidence of any of my law. I mean, we're going to have to go through paper logbooks if we can find them. Right. So those are the kinds of circumstances that we don't want to have. And I don't know if you saw recently just this uh, past few days, there a story, new story in Arizona, got multiple firefighters mm-hmm. down there who are being denied. And so this kind of evidence is critical. Um, and we've got to track it. We've got to make sure everybody's tracking their exposures. Absolutely. And I, I did want to touch on because I've actually now uh, filled these forms out myself and it, it takes all of four or five minutes. It's and it's it's crazy to me because it's very in depth. You, you ask a lot of questions, but at the same time, uh, it's very streamlined as well. We try I mean, to focus on that. Yeah, data entry is we know, Jim, that firefighters don't like data entry. So we try to make it um, as streamlined as possible. So I appreciate you picking that up. Um, it is important that it be easy to use. And so the little, um, you know, we call them radio buttons or a little square, you know, you just touch them and, and keep moving. So it is very agile. And as you become more accustomed to the questions, you'll be able to go even faster. Absolutely. Now, uh, the interesting thing for me as well, because I, I knew this early on that this was really about fire exposures, but at the same time, I didn't realize it, that you also that is that is absolutely huge as well. Uh, you know, I just I just did a conference the other day with where we talked about cancer, but we also talked a ton about behavioral health and being on my department and everything we've gone through lately. I mean, to me, this is another significant thing because there, as many states have cancer presumption, uh, there's more and more that are adding PTSD and and, and suicide uh, laws as as well. So I don't know if you wanted to touch on that as well. I would love to. Thank you. Um, The behavioral health module is absolutely key. We have um, these presumptions. There are 14 states now and many others who are fighting. Um, to get presumption laws. And the thing about it is right now, a lot of folks don't understand um, PTSD is a diagnosis. And it is a diagnosis that has a diagnosis code. 
And so to be covered medically for that, your insurance has to allow it. And so what one of the things that we've learned is in the presumption laws, we have to make sure that we're noting that and it is right now tied to that diagnostic code. So that requires a single incident. Excuse me. One of the things that we know about firefighters is that often this PTS, PTSD um, may be showing up with co-occurring addictions, right? It's underlying, but there are, you know, drugs, alcohol, things that firefighters have chosen to do through their life to compensate because they don't know that's what they have. Um, And so we find a lot that have this co-occurring addiction. And then when you drill down, the addiction is secondary to the PTSD. And so looking for that coverage in our presumptive laws, it's very complicated. And so getting that covered is going to require evidence of exposure in every case. For PTSD diagnosis, you must be able to point to an event. And often we talk about it being cumulative. Oh, it's all of it. Well, that may be true, but right now for a diagnostic code, to be diagnosed so that you get coverage, you have to point to an event. Well, to do that, you need to have your list of events, right? So we know that tracking this exposure, even though we know it is much, much more cumulative, people have been living with this for years. And can you point to a single event? There are many that you can point to for most firefighters. And so we've got to really look at, again, capturing that data. So we've built this behavioral health module so that it does that. We um, use an instrument within the questions. And the behavioral health module, if you've looked at it, Jim, is pretty short, actually, compared to to the fire module. But the questions there, they are embedded in those questions, a validated instrument that we got from the National Suicide um, Prevention Center. And those questions, you won't know which ones they are. But if firefighters answer affirmatively to three or more of those questions, Um, then they're going to get this pop up in the app that says, maybe you should talk to someone. You may be experiencing some stress and here's a number you can call. And we give them the uh, 1-800-273-TALK number right in the app. One of the things that we're doing now, because a lot of our departments are asking, can we customize that feature? They have their own peer support network. They have their own um, clinicians. And so we are, um, just going to be updating the app and rolling out new customization so that local departments will be able to put in their own peer support contacts. And we're going to be adding a question. One of the questions asks, are you going to talk to someone about this? And if they answer no, then we're going to add a follow-on question that says, would you like somebody to contact you? Because what we know is often firefighters, they won't initiate the contact. They won't reach out. But if somebody calls them to talk, then they're much more likely to do so. So these are little features that we're learning along the way. So it's important to note that as we learn new things, this app is going to be updated and it'll be seamless. You won't even know. I mean, you'll see some changes in the app that you are are using, but it'll be updated for everybody. And that's the cool thing about having this is that we can continue to make it better. And I really should um, uh, mention that we are funded primarily by of the Department of Homeland Security Assistance to Firefighters Grant. So really grateful to those folks because there's no way we would be able to be, to be doing the work we're doing with data 
um, with all of this exposure tracking, both on uh, the cancer side and the behavioral health side without that funding. So, so grateful to the assistance of Firefighters Grants and uh, certainly Kathy Patterson and her team. Nice, nice. And some of the events, because I, I went through this and, and I, I took note of it because, and it was kind of, <laughs> when I think about the year that uh, my department, you know, City of Dayton has had, we kind of check all these boxes, but I'm sure a lot of people, unfortunately, see a lot of these, you know, active shooters, check, co-worker death, check, mass casualty, check, you know, I've done plenty of pediatric CPR, I wanted you to touch on the National Fire uh, Fire. Uh, I can't talk. The National Firefighter Registry Act, and how you're going to be involved with that as well. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. We're really excited about um, the International Public Safety Data Institute's role in developing, um, planning, and developing the National Firefighter Registry. Now, when the act passed, it was called the National Firefighter Cancer Registry Act. But we are working with NIOSH. Uh, we were selected as a contractor to work with NIOSH to help them um, develop this new database that will become the National Firefighter Registry. Now, they changed the name to take out the word cancer because we don't want to have the misnomer that people think that it's only for firefighters with cancer. That is not the case. This is going to be designed for every firefighter to register, every arson investigator, every training officer, everybody who's ever been on the job and been exposed to register in this um, new database um, that will be held at NIOSH within the Centers for Disease Control. And so it is important, and our goal is to register over 200,000. We're working with Dr. Kenny Fent and his team. Uh, Dr. Fent is the head of the National Firefighter Registry. He is the lead for that. And we're going to be working with them to not only help design this new database, but promote um, the registry of firefighters throughout the United States, both volunteer, career, everybody. We want you to register because that's going to give us a greater number of firefighters to be able to do surveillance going forward. It may not help you today if you're a firefighter with cancer, but it will help you contribute to the knowledge going forward of why some firefighters get cancer and some don't. What are they being, you know, you can have two firefighters, four firefighters exposed to the exact same thing. Two of them get cancer, two of them don't. What's the difference? So it's that kind of information going forward that we want to really surveil all firefighters to see what you're exposed to, who gets cancer, who doesn't, and why. Because that's how we began to make changes is, you know, from our gear to length of time of exposure, Again, products of combustion, um, dealing with different suppressant agents, um, all kinds of things that we want answers to, that we're, we really have a good lead. I mean, we know a lot, but we don't know yet a lot about women firefighters. We don't have enough information on volunteers or minorities. And so this is um, something that the National Registry, uh, National Firefighter Registry will help us to begin to study those kinds of differences and see where we can learn more going forward. So, um, yeah, we are really excited about Infors and, and the Data Institute being a part of that. Uh, we're hoping that to link the um, Infors exposure tracker, that once you're in the exposure tracker, there'll be a button within your profile that you can click that says, yes, I want to be in the registry. 
and you won't have to re-enter all of your data perhaps. So we're trying to streamline so that that data will flow right into the registry, link you up uh, that way so we can get as many firefighters as possible, not on the exposure tracker, but also on the um, national registry, firefighter registry as well. I know I talked to Dr. Fent just the other day and, he, you know, they're aiming for at least 200,000 firefighters. So that's that's going to be a definitely a task to get there. And it's it's kind of, uh, I think, my job and, and some other fire service leaders that, that are interested in this kind of stuff to really push that out and make sure we can. It's a pretty, pretty big task that they're looking for. But uh, that the way we'll be able to get data and see all the trends is to me is going to be amazing because then we know from there where to where to really concentrate on the the next studies where do we go from here you know just based on those trends i i did want to ask you if you could because this was when i heard about this in miami in june um i didn't know that there was like state cancer registries i was unaware of that and how when you can put this information if you get diagnosed, it's automatically going to be uploaded to that. So they'll know you don't have to actually, you know, put into our registry that you were diagnosed. It's going to do it automatically. Could you could you touch on that real quick? Sure, I'd be happy to. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at is linking with state cancer registries. Most state cancer registries are active and they're good databases for people with cancer. So they're not just for firefighters. Mm. So make that very clear. These are not just firefighter cancer registries. They are cancer registries. And so it's important to note that um, it's everybody with cancer. So if you as a firefighter in the state of Arizona, for example, are diagnosed with cancer in the hospital or your oncologist is likely to enter you into that state cancer registry. What they do not do is put your occupation in. And so most of our cancer registries don't track occupation. So that's something else that we're working on is to get those state registries, because this would be a lot easier if that were the case. But because it isn't the case, that's part of the reason we're building a new national firefighter registry is to overcome that um, deficiency. So what we're going to be doing is looking at how to best link the national firefighter registry with those state registries, matching you up by the last four or five digits of your social and then that is correct. The two will be linked. We'll then have your information if you are a firefighter with cancer from that state registry. We now know you're a firefighter and you're pulled automatically into the national registry. So that is the plan. Yeah, that's how this would all link together. Perfect. That's great. Uh, I, I wanted to get you out of here with I do a thing at the end called the 25 random questions. And so what I have here. And I got a list, 25 random questions, and these are more just personal and fun. Uh, but I'd like for you to pick a couple of these numbers, and we'll go over these and, and get you out of here. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. So, right, so part of it is I get a, I let you choose your own fate. So what number would you right. like to start with? Let's go with number seven. <laughs> All right. I'll be interested to see what you say here. Spider-Man versus Batman. Who do you have? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go. Um, wow, I'm gonna go with Spider-Man. Any particular reason why? Um, I think just the greater agility, right? Um, we, you know, climbing the building, <laughs> nice. the, you know, I, I swinging from building to. I just, I think I'm gonna go with Spider-Man for that. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I actually like asking that this question with my two boys and on them debate. That's that's pretty hilarious. All right, <laughs> give me give me one more. Okay, let's go with number eleven. All right, what was your uh, what's your favorite vacation destination been? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think Israel. I have been to Israel three times, and I love Israel. It is not only a beautiful place, but very significant um, from a spiritual standpoint, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think out of everywhere I've been, and plus they've got uh, incredible ways to see all their emergency response. So that's been a great interest as well. But I think I would say Israel. Nice. I I didn't know I expected that. That's, That's great. Well, how about doing this for me? One last thing. Would you uh, would you mind telling everybody where they can go find out more information about this, uh, whether it's the website and also uh, where to find the app as well? Absolutely. I'd love to. So please do everybody go to the website, learn more about the data projects that we have. The website is www.i-p sdi.org so it's again i hyphen psdi.org is the website you'll be able to learn more about both the fire cares project uh, which is a big data project there every department in the u.s has a page there with a lot of analytics and then the enforce project is there as well more on the exposure tracker on the website and to download your app, please go to one of the app stores, either Apple uh, Play, Google Play, um, and download the app. Just search for Infors, N-F-O-R-S, um, and the app will pop up. You can download it for free. Fill out your profile and start tracking your exposures today. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lori. I really do appreciate it. Jim, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.